0: Thank you so much for joining us on Super Bracket Bros. My name is Jay, your host, and your personal Bracketologist. And as always, sitting across from me, I am joined by my co-host
1: and your sparkly vampire boy, Elias Stokes. How you doing today, Eli? Doing alright. Um, I wandered into a different vampire universe, and I'm really scared. You're really scared? I, I feel like... The the vampire, I
0: feel like the vampires from Castlevania would not be scared of the vampires from Twilight, Eli.
1: <laughs> well, not just the monsters, but the vampire killers. The dude with the chain is following me around, and he looks very moody and violent. <laughs> mm, oh, I see, I see. So
0: you are a Twilight vampire that has wandered into the Castlevania universe. That is significantly worse. I <laughs> that, apologize. I misread your situation entirely.
1: That is such a good pitch for a show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, but that is not what we were talking about today. (laughs) Today, we are talking about Super Bracket Bros. What is this podcast? This podcast is 32 fictional characters all put in a tournament against each other to see just who is the best of the best. And today, we have a four versus five. We have our four seed, Trevor Belmont from the Castlevania Netflix series going up against Jon Snow and Ghost from Game of Thrones. And we are back with a guest today, a new guest to the program, so you have not seen or heard from him before, but you will definitely gonna want to check him out after today. He is from a podcast called Nerd of All Trades, already a fantastic start. Him and his crew come <laughs> up with pitches that would expand a universe in one way or another, whether this is something straightforward like, how do you bring Assassin's Creed to TV or movie? You know, I mean, I, it's not... It's not difficult to come up with a better idea, but I I digress. Or ideas like, what if Vin Diesel and The Rock, starring in Fast and Furious, what if they were actually Mario and Luigi? These are the important questions that nerd of all trades are trying to answer. But we are very happy to have the host of that program on Super Bracket Bros today. Please welcome to the show, Tyler Birch. How are you doing today, Tyler?
2: I'm doing great. I am disappointed to hear that I binged the entire Twilight series for this for no reason, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I am excited to talk about these two characters. One is new to me, one's old to me, uh, but but I love both of them now, so I'm excited about this.
0: Tyler, I'm not really sure. As an avid fan of Twilight and lifelong <coughs> stan of the series, why would you say that you watch it for no reason? It sounds like a very adequate use of your time. You're right, you're right. I mean,
2: I just... I guess I just wanted to play it cool since I'm new. As I wear my, I'm wearing my my
0: Edward shirt, you know, because Team Edward for life. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, I think we're gonna have to cut off the podcast because me and Eli are sitting here with our Jacob t
1: shirt So, yeah, <sighs> sorry, if have, bud. If you don't have Taylor Lautner's face sprawled out on your on your t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what are you out. even doing yeah. here? Then? I, uh, I don't know if I can
2: associate with these kind of people. Uh, bye, guys.
1: <laughs> so that was a short introduction
0: anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, But thank you for coming on the show. We were introduced via the Wait For It podcast, and we, we connected over Facebook. And I, I've really enjoyed our conversations. But I want our audience to get to know you a little bit more. And so what I usually do for new guests on the program is ask, what is your... Favorite fictional character of all time, Tyler?
2: Yeah, so this is a surprisingly easy to answer. Not really surprisingly. I was really actually trying to take the time to think of like one that sounded really good and like people would be like, wow, that's a deep cut. Uh, But it's actually going to be Batman. Nice. nice. Yeah, I've loved Batman as as a character for as long as I can remember. Uh, Pretty much in everything he's ever been in. I love the comics. I love the movies, uh, TV, animated. Uh, The Batman Arkham series is one of my favorite video game series. Uh, He's always been... A really important character to me, someone that uh, me and my dad we, I you know I get a lot of my nerd from my parents, and one of the earliest ones that me and my dad connected over was Batman, um, and I've always just I've appreciated all of the trials that he's gone through in the comics and the movies, everything uh, like Batman and Robin. I can't believe he could came he came back from that one. A man that can. You know, keep it to a code that always believes in justice, that believes in doing the right thing after going through darker and darker situations, after having everybody around him be killed, uh, himself being killed. Uh, it's just really inspiring to me. And I've always loved the character. I've loved what they've done with him. And I just love that. I mean, we're always going to get new, new iterations of him, uh, like, Uh, Edward playing him and next year it's the Batman which I'm really excited
0: about (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's no there's no shortage of Batman around to like so that makes perfect sense so along with I think it was two weeks ago Eric said Spider-Man which presented you know the next obvious question so I'll pose the same thing to you do you have a favorite particular version of the Batman
2: you know it's probably going to be the one in the Arkham series i I love that Batman. I love one of my favorite things about Batman that we don't get a lot to see or we don't get to see a lot in uh, the movies is the detective side. And the whole Arkham series is based around the detective side. And like Eric said with Spider Man, he has a fantastic Rose Gallery. So you get to interact with all those different characters. They all have great backstories that just they really into that world. Um, We got to see moments like Jason Todd's death, things that really shape Batman. Uh, and the fight scenes are amazing. I mean, that's where the counter system came from. It was one of the best things that have been introduced to video games in a long time. Uh, and one of the reasons why I love Ben Affleck's Batman is because the warehouse scene at Batman v Superman is like they just ripped it from the Arkham series, which I I just loved. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was just perfect for me.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's that is a great answer. I definitely like that, and I've. Unfortunately, this is a, a great shame for me. I have not played the Arkham uh, Batman series, uh, which I I know I know. <laughs> which I mean, I just got done playing uh, Shadow of War: Middle Earth, uh, and so you know, it, it would be an easy transition to obviously you know, it's a pretty similar combat system, if not uh, if, if my understanding is, it's almost exactly the same. But yeah, that's definitely high up on my on my very 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 long to-do list of of games i need to play
2: yeah no it's definitely one you you got to hit and yeah it's going to be an easy transition because they took a lot of that combat straight from that game so you're you're going to go in there and you're going to be able to counter like nobody's business and the thugs are going to be like what is happening here (laughs)
0: perfect perfect that's exactly what i'm looking for uh but thank you for your answer but let's transition into today's topic so the first half of this episode we're gonna go over who are Jon snow and trevor belmont get into what makes them great who portrays them things like that and then the back half of the episode is going to concentrate on who would win between these two characters in a head-to-head fight so let's start off with the the reason uh, Tyler reached out to me today. The character that is old to him, as he said earlier, let's start with Jon Snow and Ghost. So me and Eli recently, as of you know, just a month ago, have talked about you know how we came to see Game of Thrones and how we like the series. So Tyler, I'm curious, what is your experience with Game of Thrones, and is it how how high? does it rank in fa- as far as fandoms for you?
2: Uh, yeah, so I've been with Game of Thrones since it first premiered on HBO. Started watching it from the beginning. I actually ended up reading the books after that, which is no easy feat because those things are thick and there's a lot of characters. But Game of Thrones is something that I I love. I mean, obvious problems aside, like the whole uh, and last season, uh, it is a series that is near and dear to my heart. I love the fantasy elements. I love the stories. They do aren't afraid to do things i'm always someone that's looking for something that's going to be doing something new i mean i as cool as like tropes and cliches are i love to see when tv starts going into new territory and i feel like game of thrones really paved the way for a new way of thinking of don't get like you know kind of like horror movies don't get attached to these characters because those characters are going to get killed you start rooting for the bad guys you start mourning the good guys because they're the ones that always get taken out um you really get drawn into this world uh you get to see all the different layers that they built into it um it's it's a wild ride from start to finish and yeah all those characters have huge growth Jon Snow for me is my favorite character out of that series uh for me I always gravitate a lot towards the character that is the honorable guy he's the guy that wants to do the right thing he's doing his best um You know, he doesn't want. uh, Usually, he's he's a swordsman because he doesn't do magic because you know they're a little trickier and stuff like that. Uh, But you know, the guy that he's he's got good intentions. He's not trying to compromise his honor code. And Jon Snow is one of the greatest examples of that. Seeing him go through the series trying to do right by himself, even as he starts to learn more about the world around him and he starts to see that it's not always as black and white as he, as him and his dad, you know, Ned Stark, they believed it to be. Um, and seeing him grapple that and try to come to terms with it and see how that changed him while still retaining that strong core of his beliefs. Um, I think he's an excellent character. And unfortunately, they shortchanged him at the end and that will always hurt me. But overall, I, yeah, Jon Snow is the guy for me.
0: Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from with Jon Snow. He's just it's it's always interesting seeing a character that just gets wailed on by the rest of the world, right? You know, that but through but through everything they persevere, you know, I mean it's just the definition of best boy, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, like just smiles through it all.
2: And he's got the best dog too, so see, it all goes hand in hand.
0: He does, he does, he absolutely does. So, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, let me backtrack a little bit for you. Tell you who Jon Snow is. And again, I feel this is the same thing I said with Khal Drogo. I feel like I'm talking to nobody by talking about who Jon Snow is, <laughs> but I'm, I have to do it anyways. Uh, Jon Snow one of the central protagonists and adopted son of Ned Stark in the Game of Thrones series. Uh, We follow him as he goes from absolute bitch of the Night's Watch to Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and eventually key to saving all of Westeros from the threat of the Night King. King of the North. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You have to say it right. The King of the North. (laughs) I apologize, everybody. Okay. King of the North, Jon Snow of course. Uh, He was obviously created by George R.R. Martin, the author of the original book series. He was introduced in the original book back in 1996. The version we'll be discussing today debuted in 2011 with the HBO series. Uh, He's portrayed by Kit Harington. Kit Harington earned several Golden Globe nominations for Best Actor and Emmy nominations for Outstanding Supporting Actor in the drama series, which actually kind of surprised me, given I feel like he was Much maligned for his portrayal of Jon Snow at times throughout the series, but just an interesting note there. uh, Most recently, he produced and starred in the BBC drama series Gunpowder and is set to star in the upcoming Marvel movie Eternals as the Black Knight. One day when that comes out. Maybe, maybe just one day we'll actually get the Eternals. I am looking forward to it. Um, so I guess we'll start with Eli since Tyler covered it a little bit. Eli, what are your connections to Jon
1: Snow? You know, what do you what are your thoughts on the character? Jon Snow, uh when I got into Game of Thrones, he was sort of the guy. I really liked him uh being when I retroactively like watched uh, Game of Thrones and realized the absence of like Ned Stark was sort of the absence of the moral code. Sort of John Snow was sort of the carrier of the torch, and so I think that's what the driving force of the morality in the series is is embodied by the character and sort of his trials and tribulations. I mean, I I think everybody loves the Battle of the Bastards, and that one was definitely the the moment where i was just like okay i really like this guy like john snow before he was like oh it's fun you know like bastard trying to you know do well and try to survive this zombie apocalypse but the battle of bastards to me at least elevated him to another degree just seeing him like stand up to a legion of horseback riders with only a sword is one of the coolest scenes in television history so no I, i i really like john Snow. he's definitely top five characters um in the series for me. Yeah,
0: I would say I'm I'm right in line with you guys. And I, I specifically, Eli, you mentioned Battle of the Bastards, but for me, it, it honestly probably might might be my favorite episode of the entire Game of Thrones series is hard home. Right? Oh, yeah. Where right they are trying to recruit the Wildlings, bring them back to the other side of the wall, and they get absolutely slaughtered by the Night King's army hard home is probably one of my probably my favorite episode of game of thrones and one of my favorite episodes of tv all time i would say
2: oh uh, yeah i mean I, I think that's a that's a great episode i mean it's it it's kind of telling that this character is present for some of the strongest parts of the franchise
1: yeah which is i'm surprised he got nominated for supporting actor because along with him and danny those two the two people of Gig the Throne series post-season one, so I was surprised he didn't get, like, a leading role uh, nomination because he is sort of, like, the the protagonist. Now, I mean, he's the one fighting against the, the incoming apocalypse up in the north, so... <laughs> Well that's the thing about the series
0: right is it's hard to nail down exactly where you should be focusing and it feels like it should be with this ever present threat that Jon Snow is fighting off in the north and all the everything that's going on at the wall but then yet yeah, you have all these other different forces coming into play you know everything that's happening in the south but i mean in reality you have Jon Snow ever virtuous ever you know battling against you know what is what is right and wrong you know in the universe i mean for god's sakes the man gets murdered like <laughs> <laughs> and he comes back and is able to you know, like maintain that code of honor which is it, it, it's incredible yeah so like john snow and like tyler said the, i mean the whole the whole last season really just like I feel like it just got shoehorned. I mean, as amazing as it was, like each one of those episodes was a goddamn movie in itself. But yet, still, they managed to feel like it was shoehorned in there.
2: Yeah, I I really didn't like that they were. I mean, I, I didn't like that they they manufactured that conflict between him and Danny because for me, I those were the two that I wanted to be on the throne at the end. And then I didn't like that he's just. He became an outcast. I was like, "This isn't right." He did what needed to be done, and he really, really didn't want to do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's you're always rooting for the reluctant hero, right? You know, and he was just such the definition of that. Like, he never wanted to be king. He never wanted to be Lord Commander, but yet, you know, like his natural gravity—you know—he pulled people in to follow him. You know, and I mean, he's such. I mean, he's just Ned Stark but going through way more shit than I think Ned Stark <laughs> ever went through, you know, like apocalyptic shit versus just regular old wars and rebellions.
2: Yeah. When I see a zombie dragon, I usually I'm like, "You know what? I'm out." I You can you can take Westeros.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll sail the sea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me personally, you know, zombie dragon uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my Valyrian steel sword and uh, I'm gonna sell it because someone's someone else is gonna need that to be able to kill the zombie <laughs> dragon not, not me oh but yeah no a lot a lot of respect for Jon Snow despite despite my what might have what happened in the last season definitely like his character. Like Game of Thrones, if you just you just gotta have you just gotta have a bad memory, and Game of Thrones gets a whole heck of a lot better as a as a series.
2: How devastating was it that he wasn't the one that killed the Night King.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was I I've always had mixed feelings about that. I like obviously you want him to, but I like if if it weren't for that, I feel like then Arya wouldn't have done anything. I mean, there's there are ways around it, of course. Like you could still give Arya her big moment, but yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it was fitting for Arya, but also it would have been more fitting for Jon. She
2: Stone. should have killed Cersei. Her thing was a list.
0: This this is true. This is true.
3: Does anyone wish to speak for candidates before we cast our tokens for the 998th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch? Each Mr. Aemon. Samuel Tarly, go on. Sam the Slayer, another wildling lover just like his friend Jon Snow, how's your lady love Slayer? Her name is Gilly, Brother Slint knows her quite well, they cowered together in the larder during the battle for the wall. Nice. A wildling girl, a baby and Lord Janus. I found him there after the battle was over, in a puddle of his own making. Whilst Lord Janus was hiding with the women and children, Jon Snow was leading. Sir Alliser fought bravely, it is true. And When he was wounded, it was Jon who saved us. He took charge of the Wall's defence. He killed the Magna of the Thens. He went north to deal with Mance Raider. No one who almost certainly meant his own death. Before that, he led the mission to avenge Lord Commander Mormont. Mormon himself chose John to be his steward. He saw something in John, and now we've all seen it too. He may be young, but he's the commander we turned to when the night was darkest.) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Turning
2: into a Game of yeah, Thrones critique yeah, podcast.
1: We have so much material. I'm getting,
2: I'm getting heated. I'm getting heated. I think I'm good.
0: <laughs> let's uh all right. Well, let's cool. Let's cool things down. Let's talk. Let's talk about our other character today. I mean, I can't say Castlevania is cooling things down a whole heck of a lot, Um, but let's talk about Trevor Belmont. So, Eli, this is actually we've managed to talk about Castlevania every season so far this this is it's one of the few franchises along with castlevania is up there with marvel and dc
1: and my hero for series that we've talked about each season that is not that that wasn't the series i would have pegged <laughs> no i guess that at all yeah it's it's
0: not it's not the obvious choice but it I just I I always forget how much I actually like this show. It's so freaking good.
1: Well, not just not just the show. You personally have an af- like an affection for the whole series video games and other media, so
0: Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, Symphony of the Night will always be a classic. Will always be one of my favorite games of all time, you know. And so like the whole like I just I love the world and I love how fucking bleak it is. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What are you
2: talking about? It's happy fun times with the night creatures going around and slaughtering people.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, have your pick. Do you want do you want icy zombies or do you want night creatures? Okay, so me and Eli, we've talked about this show a lot, but Tyler, you told me something interesting before we started today that you just watched all of Castlevania. So as a fresh observer, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the series?
2: Yeah, so Castlevania is never a series that I got into it's really just something that never really popped up for me um i i when the tv show came out my brother watched it and he told me really great things and i was like oh yeah i'll get to it but you know it's going to be number 300 on my list of things i need to watch um, <laughs> yeah but once yeah once you told me that Jon snow is going against trevor belmont i was like well i mean i can't just go in there just something about Jon snow so i sat down and i watched all the the anime series which is excellent <laughs> that is it is a fantastic show i was hooked right from the beginning um i was really the world really just grabbed me so quickly um i i'm gonna be honest with you i love dracula in it i love the tragic figure that he was um i i loved trevor belmont and his struggles finding out more about what really it means to be a belmont was really interesting uh, because like you know you're introduced and they're just like oh man like those Belmont suck. And then I'm just like, but why? And then um, getting to see him, uh, even, uh, even um, uh, Saifa, like she also was just a fantastic character. Learning about the speakers, learning about Alucard, the world is just so rich. And I also just loved how brutal it was. Like, like you said, like it's not a place that I would want to live in because people die all the time. And if you're pretty much not a main character, you're probably going to die at some point. And even the, like, you know, with vampires, you think that they're these immortal things. You, if, if you kill one, it's on accident. Uh, usually just to kill that one takes like an entire movie. So getting to watch this series and getting to see all these vampires go through these struggles, seeing them with their own thoughts and feelings, um, seeing them get taken out, it, it would just, yeah it was just brutal in a way that i never expected and it was just really cool to get to see that pretty much everybody's vulnerable in that series no one's safe it's kind of got that game of thrones feel of don't get attached to someone because there's a good chance they won't be around and the animation was just amazing so that also hooks you in Um, and honestly like watching the show kind of makes me want to play the games just because the world and the story was so good
0: yeah i would definitely recommend it if a a decent game had come out within the last decade or so but that's not really the case <laughs> but i mean like if you have a, if you have an opportunity and if you like older games like if you're a fan of metroid games you know then symphony of the night is definitely one of the best suggestions i can give but yeah like i think the key with the netflix series is that it takes all the best parts from the lore of the games and brings them into the series and doesn't try to adhere to any of the madness, any of the really bad lore that like the, the lore that just doesn't make any goddamn (laughs) sense. Once you kind of get into the back half of the series, you know, I mean, like it, it just, it's, it's a wild ride, the games. And so like, I feel like the Netflix series really, really bottles it down to all the best parts. And so, yeah, I just, I appreciate it so much. It's not, it's definitely not a series I'd recommend to honestly most people because of how brutal it is but if it wasn't as brutal as it is then it wouldn't be Castlevania so but let me tell you a little bit about our protagonist today let me tell you about Trevor Belmont so the Belmonts They are historically, they they are the vampire-killing clan of people. You know, they are mostly the protagonists of a lot of the Castlevania series, and in the Netflix series, Trevor Belmont is the last of his clan. He is the last living Belmont after the Belmonts have been excommunicated from, I mean everything because the church controls everything so it's a i mean it's a pretty bleak world where the church is incredibly corrupt and and has their tendrils In everything. His first original appearance uh, was in Castlevania III, Dracula's Curse, um, where he was originally uh, designed by Fujimoto and Urata. The animated Netflix version we'll be discussing today obviously first made his appearance back in 2017, where there's been three seasons since. They had the very first... Very short first season, uh, just to kind of, like, introduce the show to the world, see if it would gain traction, and it did, and now has two more seasons, I think about eight, ten episodes long. Um, But it centers around Trevor, Sifa, and Alucard. Between the three of them, they make up the core of the show as they, you know, take on Dracula and take on, you know, the... The whole political structure of vampires that are out there, you know, all with their own motivations and and trying to do certain things in the world. So it really is. I, w- I won't go as far as complex, but I would say, you know, it, it presents more than just a, a bloody good time, I would say. Um, The character is voiced by Richard Armitage. Most likely you will recognize him as Thorin Oakenshield from The Hobbit trilogy. Um, More recently, you'll see him in shows such as The Stranger and Hannibal. Um, And if you know his voice, then you won't be surprised by this, but you'll also recognize him from many different audiobooks, which is how he made the transition into voice acting. So specifically either one of you can start off here you know what are your thoughts specifically about trevor his place in the series i kind of i love that last of your kind
2: uh kind of story that we have for him he is the last belmont um and he he wanders around just kind of drifting from place to place uh while everybody pretty much badmouths his family and he's like uh, i mean he becomes very withdrawn he becomes a drunk um so you get a kind of a you know pretty good reluctant hero story out of him i would say uh because you know he doesn't really he he, when he fights for the first season and most of the second season or probably half of the second season uh he doesn't really want to it's kind of like he's at war with himself because he's just like oh you know this isn't my problem i don't have to worry about fighting them like i can just continue on with my day and then he like has that internal struggle and he's just like ah fine i guess i will and then he like goes and it goes and saves the day, and so you get to see, out of all of them, he's got the best character arc out of the three seasons, because you get to see him kind of become his own person, he becomes uh, he becomes strong, he becomes someone that, you know, he, he's, he leads. He's the one that's giving out, he's the one that writes the battle plans for Sypha and Alucard to, you know, he's like, hey, you go take the... You go take point, and Seifel will back us up, and we'll do this plan. So he's the one that has that military training. You know, they all have their own parts to play. Um, also, let me tell you, that Morningstar Whip was awesome. I thought that was amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Morningstar Whip kicks ass, dude. Holy crap. The Oh, man. The, like explosions coming off of it every time it hits an unholy creature is brilliant. It's so, so satisfying watching... I mean, the fight scenes in that are... are on par with some of the best fight scenes, I feel like in any anime, like, I mean, it, it is right there just cause it's uh, on, I feel like a Netflix exclusive, you know, it kind of gets shuffled away in its own corner, but yeah, I mean, it, the show is on, on its own level. I think it's, it's so good.
2: Yeah. And the, the part where he uses a morning star on Dracula and Dracula's like, I'm not your typical creature of the night. I was just like, Oh damn, how are we going to do this? <laughs>
0: You, you know, you get the idea, and you like him, and you know when he kicks ass. But then, like the Dracula fight is just on a whole other level. Like if Dracula, I mean, like they technically defeat in quotations Dracula. I mean, Dracula just got so sad he gave up. Like, let's be honest, here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's like, he's just like, what have I done to my boy? And then he just gets like killed. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, Trevor. Uh, I love the guy, I feel for him, you know, it makes sense why he's a constant drunk, you know, like, being the last of your family, like, it's it's, it's awful, it's horrible, you know, but he's still got that wry sense of humor. That's the other thing I was gonna ask you about. The show was is, is a lot funnier than I thought it was gonna be, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I loved
2: uh, <laughs> I love Trevor and Alucard constantly at odds with each other, like, when he waves to Alucard at the end of season two and Alucard just flips him off, like, <laughs> their their relationship was fun cuz you know they they didn't hate each other but they were always at odds and it was always in a funny way it wasn't like a legit uh, they weren't like legit arguing and attacking each other and yeah no there was all of them had a sense of humor like which in that world i'm really surprised about <laughs> like
0: yeah I think if they didn't have that sense of humor, the show would just be unbearably bleak though i think I think it really it it needs that just a little bit of extra extra punch up I think yeah
2: we'd all have nightmares
0: I mean, it still might have nightmares <laughs> about some of those things you see in that show <laughs> True.
2: yeah, and like uh another guy that we know, he has a feisty redhead girlfriend and it's awesome
3: <laughs> in the short time we have known each other.
0: you have rediscovered yourself. And you've grown. Today might be the first time I felt like I was talking to an adult man. You're better than you were when I met you.
3: Do you know why I think that is? It's because you're doing what you were born for. As insane as it sounds, this entire nightmare scenario has made you complete. I think you should see it through. With me. With you? Yes. You could be my handsome sidekick. Or mascot! Imagine that! If you didn't
1: talk much, people would think you were my deformed pet bear and throw you free food.
3: Cypher.
2: Yes, Trevor?
3: You're asking me to roam the countryside and get into horrible trouble because you think it's good for me.
0: Listen to what I'm really saying, Trevor.
3: I'm saying I want you to be with me. And I want you to have adventures with me. This is the closest thing I've had to a life in... I don't know when. And you're the closest I've had to a friend. So will you come with me? Hmm. I wouldn't know where else to go who else to be
0: with. So, now that we've now that we've broken down these characters for you, let's get into the fight, shall we? Let's do it.
2: That's what we're here for.
0: So, just to quickly outline the rules of the fight. This is a fight to incapacitation, whether it be death trapping, unconsciousness, or forcible battlefield removal. We take these characters as they are, morals, ethics and everything included. And whenever they enter the battlefield, they start face-to-face so there is no sneaking up on each other at least initially in the fight they know they are getting into a fight Uh, but perhaps most important aspect to our fights is our random location generator we have 100 locations that we are picking from all season long many of whom were suggested by our listeners before the season started so i've pre-rolled our destination and tyler Eli, we are headed to the Umbrella Academy. All right, that should be interesting. Now, Eli, I know you have not seen this series, but Tyler, have you seen the Umbrella Academy? Oh yeah,
2: I love the Umbrella Academy. This is a yeah, it's gonna be a good
0: one. Umbrella Academy's great show. This is going to be if you have seen the show. It's going to take place in the main home of the Umbrella Academy, which is this huge mansion in the middle of a city. Um, you know, you have your your you've got many rooms to pick from, but there is one particular room that I'm thinking of: the main room where they have their family meetings. There's a desk, some couches available, and there's also the very obvious pair of antlers at one end of the room. Do you know what I'm talking about, Tyler? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a good... That that's, I mean, that's the room that we see the most of, so I definitely think that's a good place to start.
0: So we have our portals opening up. We are pulling Trevor into the Umbrella Academy along with Jon Snow, and don't forget, he's going to be battling with his companion, Ghost. So we pull them into the mansion. They're looking at each other from across the room, how does this fight break off,
1: guys? I'm just, who do you think has the first, like, strike first instinct? Do you think it's uh, Trevor or John um, or Ghost, I guess?
0: <laughs> I'm thinking Trevor. That's That was my thought as well. Trevor seems more the headstrong, the more bold of the characters. Also, you know, at, at some point during this fight, you know, Ghost is probably just going to disappear for no reason for multiple seasons, <laughs> and we're not going to hear from him once the budget runs out. Yeah, I think that has to be, I think that has to be a consideration here, but yes, I I agree. I think Trevor, you know, I could see him, you know, sprinting across the furniture in the room, heading straight towards John, and he's going to have the range advantage here with his, with with his Morningstar whip. Do you think, how do you think John Snow is going to defend against something like that? So I, I'm pretty
2: sure that he would, he'd retreat. I think he'd go into the hallway because he'd see that Morningstar and he'd, like he'd as soon as he saw it whipping around he'd say okay i need to get into a tight space where he's not gonna be able to spin that like for full power
0: oh that that is very that's very good thinking because uh, we have the main room but there are tons of hallways lots of smaller rooms to be able to get through and so i think you're absolutely right it's not like belmont has like it, it it's it's like a medium range weapon you know but it's not a projectile weapon so he still needs to like Wind the whip up to get it going to be able to use it for an attack. So, I could definitely see John pulling something like that. Now, I'm I'm curious. Do you see John and Ghost
1: splitting up here, or do you think they stay together in this fight? Well, judging from season appearances, Ghost is definitely splitting somewhere. <laughs> but, but for the sake for the sake of this discussion, I for whatever reason I like to imagine uh, John is like Ghost, like you know, go to the other room or something. Like he like John is. So John is a strong warrior, but I think his strength, as is with a lot of the main Game of Thrones cast, is like intangibles, like leadership. Like you said, Jon Snow becomes uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch and, you know, commands armies. Um, So I think he's going to be a bit more tactically minded. Um, versus the vampire hunter of treasure belmont i think the game of thrones universe anybody with sort of trevor belmont's attitude gets cut at the guillotine so (laughs) (laughs) so i could i could see i could see uh uh i think i think john snow is a capable fighter to deflect trevor's initial attack and then devise a plan of like ghosts go to the other room and he um sort of baits trevor to follow him
2: yeah i mean i i think that's what they would do because I, I just see him be like, "Ghost, oh, go into that room." And as he pulls Trevor through the hallway, that's when Ghost comes out. So that way they can like pincer movement him.
0: I could see Trevor getting snuck up on this fight if he focuses on one party or the other. I think. Do you, do you see him? Does he have a priority target? Does he go for Ghost or does he go for Jon Snow first? You think because. I mean, he is a monster hunter, and I, if a dire wolf isn't a monster in Trevor Belmont's eyes, then I, I don't know what it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he would see the advantage of having ghosts, and he'd want to take that out, because you look at Jon Snow, especially when you're a man like Trevor Belmont, you're not going to fear him. But when you're thinking about it, and you're like, well, there's this giant wolf thing that could sneak up on behind me, you're going to want to go for that first, because you you'd believe that you could take on Jon Snow one-on-one.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that yeah, because because that's his specialty, right? Too is to be able to take down creatures and monsters and things like that. Even before the series, you know, he talks about you know being a vampire killer. Like he's extremely skilled at that. So I mean, but he's taken down his fair share of humans as well. So I don't want to. I say that's his preference, not necessarily. You know. He's not capable of taking down John. So, yeah, I think you could see him going for Ghost. I guess, like, because Jon Snow and Ghost aren't necessarily unholy entities, what kind of damage do you see the Morningstar or the regular whip, which he could be equipped with both? What do you see them doing, to, like, damage-wise, if he's able to get a hit with them on Jon Snow or Ghost? I don't know about holy damage, but a big spiky ball at the end of the chain is gonna do some damage. <laughs> oh yes, yes. A- absolutely. I think it's gonna hurt, you know, but I mean is it a it's not a one and done though.
2: Uh, I think he's gonna use that to restrain him. I think so the way that John fights, I think he would see his stance and he would try to get his whip on his leg to un to like unseat him so that way he'd fall.
0: Oh. I think Jon Snow very well might be vulnerable to that sort of thing, you know. I mean we Jon Snow is an experienced fighter you know there there is no doubt in my mind about that but when i do think about the best individual fighters of the game of thrones universe Jon snow doesn't really come to the top of my mind i guess i don't know how you guys feel about that yeah he's he's not
2: flashy he's not someone that goes out with with confidence he's the guy that he plants his feet and he's not going to get moved (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's could only take you so far yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i will say i don't i i i think there's a, a case to be made about you know him using the the whip to to trap john in place or to try to use it to pull the sword away but i i don't see one or the other being significantly stronger than the other so i could definitely see john
1: snow holding on to his valyrian steel sword It is such an advantage, especially in the tournament we're having this season of melee to have two people, not even just like an extra pair of hands or fangs in this case. But just I think having Trevor's attention split on two is such a major advantage. And, you know, Ghost is fully capable of stealing a whip or at the very least grabbing it to incapacitate an arm, even though, I mean, Trevor still has some other tools on his disposal he can use.
0: It's a good thing he has a uh, two whips, Eli. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, he forgot
1: about
2: dual wielding.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, he breaks it out right at the end of season three, so you might forget about it. But uh, he's got he, he's got two whips yeah, there,
2: and it catches on fire too for some reason. I don't know why.
0: For anime reasons, yeah, Tyler. For anime write, reasons, right. that
1: was his equivalent of That's Super it. Saiyan. You're right. Yeah, don't you guys remember when he yells out "Plus Ultra"? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say also, though, I mean, Trevor Belmont is not unfamiliar with taking on multiple opponents at the same time. I, in fact, I would say that is commonly the situation that Trevor <laughs> Belmont finds himself in is is taking on, you know, multiple opponents. Exclusively. So, yeah, exactly. You know, it's almost also multiple, you know, night demons at the same time, but I guess, you know does the experience the leadership the intangibles of Jon Snow make up for the fact that he might not be quite the warrior that Trevor is I
2: I don't think so because with Trevor he's always looking for an opening to throw off his opponent and the one thing I've noticed about Jon Snow is he's not one that can adapt quickly and so he'd have a difficult time if he got you know if he lost his footing or something happened to Ghost trying to come up with a, a new plan of attack.
0: I'm trying to think because in in my mind, and I guess you you guys let me know if you agree with this. I think if it were a one on one fight, I think it, it would be very little question that I think Trevor Belmont would win. How do you guys feel about that? Definitely Yeah, I'm leaning yeah. leaning towards that Okay, <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure we're on the on the same page. Oh, oh yeah, no, with without Ghost, it's
2: there's no contest there.
0: How much ground does ghosts make up? Because uh, I'm just trying to imagine a situation in which ghost is, is is
1: lethal to Trevor Belmont. I guess I mean it would have to be a tactic John um conceived of like getting Trevor to walk into a room with ghost jumping down and like baring his teeth into his uh into his neck or something like that.
2: Yeah, you'd have to get a hold of him. That's the only, that's the only thing I could really think of tactically that Ghost would be able to help him out with is by like grabbing Trevor's leg or his neck or his arm, something that's going to like hinder him in some way.
0: Yeah, because if he gets up close, you know, if either of them, if either of them can get next to Trevor Belmont, then I think that is possibly, you know, the best the best situation for a win condition for John Snow and Ghost because that is where they can actually do some damage. If they're kept at bay by the whips, then i mean there there's just nothing that they can do and so yeah i think i think the best option is going to be to be explore the mansion find a hallway to to fight in so if if we if we move the fight somewhere else if john is able to move Ghost to another room and then he goes into a hallway draws trevor in as the aggressor that trevor is do, do you see that situation changing do you see john being able to take advantage of him there I think so.
2: I think once you start adding in variables like that, it's when it starts swaying more in John's favor because it's an unfamiliar battleground. He's gonna be, he's gonna be constricted, and his main—I mean—he uses a sword sometimes, but his main weapons are the whips, and you need space for those whips to do their full—you know—to have their full power. So I think once that happens, it becomes it, 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 it skews a lot more towards John on him being able to pull it off.
1: Yeah, but that requires a lot of trickery on John's end, and you know, out of ten fights, um, we'll see how consistent that can be. But it's still an option, I think. I think if anybody of the two, John is going to be the one with most to gain from the environment. I think Trevor. I don't think he's going to change his fighting style much, but John. I think he has the wherewithal to know. I need to use this mansion's small rooms if I'm going to survive this fight. Yeah, Trevor would just try to destroy the walls. Punch, punch through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. John John's going to run through a door and close it behind him and then Trevor's going to break through the wall next to it using the morning star. <laughs> John just like, it was unlocked. Eddie's like, "Oh, I know." Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing to think about and it it's played for laughs in the series, but I mean Trevor Belmont is he he's a bar fighter, you know. I mean, like it, there there's the best joke in the goddamn series where he tries to kick Alucard in the nuts, <laughs> and Alucard is like, "Come on, man, are you kidding me? Like this isn't a bar fight." But if the man kicked Jon Snow in the nuts, Jon Snow would probably go down.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, we've seen where that region of John has gone him, so we know that it's a it's a hindrance for <laughs> That's sure, a,
0: a weakness of him, yeah. <laughs>
2: Ah! No, yeah, I I think he'd have a difficult time trying to keep up with what Trevor's able to do because yeah, Trevor is always going to go for the t- the cheap shots, and John's honor is going to be I need to do this fight the right way. And Trevor Trevor's just like I just want I just want this to be over so I can go drink and hang out with Cypher.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the only way the <laughs> the best way for Jon Snow to win is if Trevor starts on the end of the room with the bar in it and he just turns around and starts <laughs> to make himself a drink before the fight gets started. <laughs> So As we are winding down the episode here, how we decide the winners in Super Bracket Bros is each of us, all three, are going to give an out of 10 out of who we think would win this fight and how confident we are in that given fighter. The out of 10 is just to determine confidence. Whoever gets at least two out of three total votes from the three of us is going to be moving on in the tournament onto the next round. So... Eli, let's start with you.
1: you, Who do you think will win this fight? So I do have a decision in mind. Um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to articulate it. Because we sort of... Jay, you specifically hit the point um, I went into the fight thinking was... If Jon Snow could defeat Trevor Belmont one-on-one. And I came to the same assumption as you two guys... No, I don't think Jon Snow really is going to hold up much. So I'm trying to gauge. I was thinking, how much does Ghost really impact this fight, and does it give Jon a winning option? And I'm conveying that with the location, and I I just don't think Ghost is enough. I'm gonna give it to Trevor Belmont seven out of ten times. I think I think that, I think Jon. I give Jon a lot of credit to use the environment to use tactics uh, with Ghost to eke out three wins, but I just think Trevor Belmont's arsenal is just too powerful um i think he's just i think he's more flexible even if somehow the morning star and the whip are taken out he still has his sword which i honestly might give him a, maybe even better swordsmanship than Jon snow uh john snow i think is at his best when he's like a leader um a tactician with an army but one-on-one fight he is sort of just a bare-bones soldier where trevor is is he's a vampire hunter like he's designed his fighting style is one-on-one um taking down monsters yeah i think just just the situation just the types of fighters i have to go to trevor belmont and uh i'll leave it at that seven out of ten uh but tyler
0: do you have a decision in mind
1: yeah it it's difficult
2: because his voting is my guy and i don't like doing that like ah man uh 10 out of 10 johnson because i said so no oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i yeah i think i'm pretty much in line with what eli said and what you're probably also thinking uh, i think trevor belmont takes it i think that ob- objectively he's just a better fighter and he's just got so many things that you could do he's got so many weapons he's got so many tactics he's also just lucky and uh, johnson was not mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a factor. Uh I probably say 7. I want to say 6 because you know, I'm trying to give Jon Snow more than the benefit of the doubt, but uh I think 7 is a good call. I think he would be able to use tactics and he'd be able to use ghost effectively a few a few a few of the times. But I think that Trevor Belmont is just going to push through it and he's going to take down Jon Snow. So yeah, I think 7 out of 10 times Trevor Belmont's going to take down Jon Snow and Ghost.
0: Yeah. I'm in the same line of thinking that you guys are actually exactly the same line of thinking you guys are. I'm going to go Trevor seven out of 10 times as well, because I think there is just about three scenarios in which, you know, I think there's a scenario where ghost does get the jump on Trevor. You know, he's able to come up from behind him and get a, a fatal bite on him and give John the time that he needs to be able to attack trevor belmont so i think i think there are scenarios i think the environment definitely gives him chances you know i almost you know i a wide open environment i think would give trevor some advantages but if it had been specifically i think an environment where ghost would be in a more natural environment i think that would do ghost a lot of wonders but imagining him and seeing him in the umbrella academy and dodging through the hallways just it doesn't seem like that's where he, Ghost himself is the best fighter. And if Ghost is the piece of this that needs to take Jon Snow over the top to be able to take Trevor, then I just don't quite see it happening. So, yeah, I think Trevor's the better fighter. I think he has better instincts in the middle of a fight. I think he's willing to do whatever it takes to win that fight. And now John, he's also, you know, I, I specifically I think about the fight he had at crasters where he took down the guy with the with the two knives but even then i think he barely won it with the help of an outside party you know it's just the fighting the fighting skill is not there but if i'm gonna pick somebody to lead my army you know i'm gonna pick Jon snow 10 out of 10 times but unfortunately that's not the discussion we're having today Yeah,
2: so three times are ghost tactics and that one time that it John Snow gets killed and then resurrected and then kills Trevor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tre- Trevor Belmont's crying
0: foul. You can't do that. <laughs> with that being said trevor belmont is going to be the last piece of the eastern region moving on in the tournament to make up our semifinals of the eastern region so next week or well i suppose once we get into the second round trevor belmont is going to be facing the winner of last week's matchup where we discussed okoye versus merida so if you haven't caught that make sure you head back to last week check out what that's all about so you know who trevor's going to to be going up against uh but with all of that being said tyler i want to give you the floor for a minute just let us know what your podcast is all about and when and where people can find you i run a
2: podcast called nerd of all trades each week we hit a different movie franchise video game franchise tv franchise really whatever we want to talk about uh, we We uh, take that, we throw out some ideas about things we'd like to see in that. Uh, They can either be something that, you know, is most obvious, like, hey, we want to watch a Harry Potter movie about, you know, the founders of Hogwarts, to just off-the-wall things, um, like Toy Story with sex toys. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) that's that's the two sides of the spectrum that we're working with here. Uh, but, (laughs) uh, But, so, we 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 break them down every every week uh where our episodes come out on monday mornings you can pretty much find us anywhere you listen to podcasts nerd of all trades our social media too for the most part just nerd of all trades uh, facebook is nerd of all trades podcast instagram nerd of all trades uh and then uh twitter is noat podcast so go follow us there uh, we post a lot of the great stuff about the uh, about the episode um yeah so go check us out we if you enjoy just Banter between a bunch of people who just say either the smartest things or the dumbest things both at the same time uh, it's the place to check it out or it's the place to go we just love having a good time for a couple hours with our buddies we get a lot of great guests that come in and it's yeah it's just a fun time so go check us out there nerd of all trades podcast
0: yeah i would highly recommend you check out tyler's podcast it really is a good time i mean if you like this show then i almost certainly think that you're gonna like you're, you're gonna like nerd of all trades I, w- I would highly recommend it um but tyler i just have one last question for you so do you want to have our do you want to have our duel at high noon tomorrow to decide who gets to keep our theme song oh or, or what do you think about that <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was actually gonna bring that up too um i mean hi- <laughs> high noon i'm busy but if you want to meet me behind the burger king in downtown at like 5 30 i'll be available
0: <laughs> mm, okay okay perfect is this a, a knife and rope situation or fisticuffs or how do you how do you want to handle this? i mean you can
2: bring a whip i'm gonna be bringing a wolf so <laughs> No, I thought that was really weird though. I was, the, I played the episode and I just heard that music and I, I texted my friend who, made, who worked on ours and I was like, hey man, what's up? He's like, oh, I added bass, so it's different. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I noticed it. the first, the first time I, I, I pulled up your podcast and I listened to it and I was like, okay, am I gonna invite this guy on my show or am I gonna make him my mortal enemy? I don't, I don't know yet. So I like both. So we uh, agreed to be, agreed to be frenemies from here on now until uh until you know eventually I'm gonna I'm gonna buy out the rights and then kick you off and, and cancel your podcast but you know I will uh, it won't be right away I'll, I'll work up to that sort of extreme well, I Bible, appreciate right?
2: that and I, I expect things to be amicable up to that point I feel like a good friendship's gonna happen for you apparently just, you know, capitalism me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> capitalism as a fir- as a verb is something I can appreciate. Um but with all with all that being said, uh thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show, Tyler. I, I genuinely appreciate it. It was a great time and thank you for putting in the research, putting in the hours and, you know, and and coming to a decision with us. You'll definitely have to have you on the show again. Yeah, I loved it. I this was a blast and getting to, I mean, I just love
2: that I got to research Trevor Belmont and I fell in love with the show. So I really appreciate you doing that for me.
0: You know what? You're, you're welcome. It's just the service that we provide here on super, <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you can pay me at the door. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways find super Braga Bros on facebook or instagram instagram we're posting polls every single week where you can go and vote and next next round when we get back to these characters we are going to be discussing the outcome of all of those votes see if your views aligned with ours the decisions we made on the show but without further ado eli do you have anything else for the people <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for having joined us on Super Bracket Bros on behalf of myself, my co-host Eli, and our fantastic guest today, Tyler. Remember, no true hero is a one trick pony.